you kick down walls and anyone who tells you you can't you take your fears your insecurities your worries you roll them all up into a ball you turn those son bitches sideways and stick them straight up that candy pick your goal and stick fucking to it you wishy-washy motherfuckers i can't fucking stand you I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, I need the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast. It's your boy. He's back on the Airwaves, Airstream Podcast. Airwaves. Got that face for Radio Ryan, Fitness Informant Founder, CEO here, and I still got it. I haven't lost a beat. Never lost it. Here I am. Big episode as the return of the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast is back. Sean Clarita on the quest for the 212 title this year. In December in Las Vegas, Nevada at Planet Hollywood, Sean Clarita finished third last year in 212, uh, coached by John Meadows and Matt Jansen. Matt's my former coach as well. Uh, great conversation with Sean. Sean, now with Nutribio, brand that we absolutely love here at Fitness Informant, is, is working hard, man, uh, and, and he looks good. It's crazy because you'll, you'll hear here in a bit that I asked Sean right off the bat, I, you know, how much do you weigh? And he's 196. Dude looks like a fucking truck. I mean, just a wide-ass truck. Obviously, he's short like me, so, you know, you can put the pounds on, right? You can, you can look a lot wider um, when you're condensed. But, um, listen, Sean's been somebody who's been bodybuilding for a long, long fucking time. And he takes it very seriously. And last year at the O, I mean, he was shredded. He looked fantastic in 212. And we talk about everything. You know, we talk about Flex Lewis leaving 212, going to the open, how that at that point, open the doors because let's be real. When Flex was in 212, nobody stood a chance. Just like for eight years, essentially, when Phil Heath was in the open, nobody stood a chance. You know, arguably, you could say Kai Green had a couple years there, but Phil making his return to the Olympia as well this year, which is interesting because COVID may prevent some international travel, which could prevent some international competition, maybe making the path um, for Phil a little bit easier. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and speculate and say that's possible, that, that's what it is. Um, but it's interesting. It's, it's fun to be back. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy for me, guys. Um, for those of you who follow our social channels, know that 2020, uh, COVID is probably the, the smallest of things to happen in my life in 2020. And I'm going to, uh, at some point, do an entire podcast on 2020, 2019, um, you know, in terms of some of the stuff that I went through, both personally and professionally, because I think that my story um, can help people. It can help people not make the same mistakes that I did, uh, help people find happiness maybe at, at a time in their life in which they're struggling, because I, I went through... Um, I'd love to say a brief time in my life, but it, w- it was longer than brief. It was more than I wanted it to, um, where I was unhappy. Um, you know, and those are things that happen to a lot of us. And to be honest, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you and say, hey, I'm the happiest motherfucker on the planet because I, I-, I wasn't. Today, now, uh, much happier. 
And uh, I'm happier because the Be Informed Live Fit podcast is back. We're going to be bringing guests from the sports nutrition world, from the bodybuilding world, from the health and fitness world. I'm interested in talking with a plethora of different people here on the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. And having Sean Clarita be our first guest as part of the relaunch of the podcast, of the video cast, uh, it, it's great. And I like to be, you know, for those watching via YouTube, I am still alive. I know, I know you're thinking like, hey, I haven't seen Ryan on the YouTube channel in a hot minute. Listen, I mean, you guys know, um, if you're listening, I started Fit Butters back in April during this pandemic. It's, it has taken off. We're in over 100 retail locations nationwide and in Canada, um, which does take a lot of commitment and time. I, I totally understand that. But it's been fun. G has been an absolute fucking rock star for us here at Fitness Informant. He has been putting out content left and right, and he's been keeping you all informed, pun intended. My job as I come back into the fold here a little bit more as things settle down on the butter business is to bring people back, you know, get people, get that entertainment value back here in FI, because in all honesty, like you guys watch and listen to FI because of the entertainment and education value that we bring. You know, I, I, we like to bring education, but in an entertaining way, because there is nothing worse than listening to basically, you know, seven to 10 minute YouTube video where it's essentially a lecture and it's boring as fuck. Let's be real. This isn't college, people. I'm not going to sit in the fucking lecture hall and listen or watch a YouTube video unless you can make it interesting. And, uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. And this podcast with Sean is an interesting podcast. We, we talk about the realities of bodybuilding, honestly. You know, you think about if you've competed before, you get this and, and or even on a quest because I was on a quest to compete and my show got canceled due to COVID, which was fucked up because um, I would have won, won that thing for sure. But people who don't understand what you're doing are going to essentially leave you whether it be friends and family. And that's just something that's part of the process and something you have to be prepared for because it's inevitable going to happen. So um, I can sit here all day and talk to you guys and girls about it, but you know what? Let Sean do it. He is an IFBB pro. He is a professional. He does this for a living. He will be in Las Vegas, Nevada this December on the quest for his first 212 Olympia title. Ladies and gentlemen, after this message, we're going to bring you in this man himself, the man, the truck. Nah. He's just a fucking stud. And more importantly than being a fucking stud, he is a nice human being, and I appreciate the fuck out of Sean coming on the podcast. This is your personal invitation to the Redcon 1 Alpha Team, our new exclusive subscription program. Enjoy members-only access to the Alpha Team apparel collection, priority customer service privileges, early shopping on major deals, exclusive flavor selections, and a whole lot more. This is your opportunity to become a Redcon 1 VIP. There's limited spots available, so go to redcon1.com and sign up today.
up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. Wide as a freight train, wide as a semi truck. Sean Clarita, did you or I mean, what do you weigh right now? Um, this morning I was one ninety six. You're one. You're under two hundred pounds, and you're that big. I'm short. Well, yeah, I get it. I'm short with you, too. We weren't blessed with height, so the only thing we can do is grow wide. And uh, you are managing to do a much better job than I am. 212, the Olympia is just around the corner, which is where your mindset is. Um, but let's – dude, the world's weird, right? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a scary time. How – because you're – are you in the East Coast, right? Yeah. For training purposes, obviously, you need to train. Um, has it been a struggle? Um, you know, we got hit the worst, I think, because New York and New Jersey still closed down. I mean, other parts of the world are wide open for the most right. part, but our governors here aren't letting up at all. And um, gyms have been closed since March 16th. Yeah. Um, and the first couple of days, man, I'll be honest with you, I was totally like just depressed because mm-hmm. I, had, I, had, I didn't know what to do. Again, like you said, this is my job, but not even the fact that it's my job. It's the fact that this is what I've been doing the past 20 years, you know, going to the gym and, and training. So to take that, and it, we've never had something like this where gyms have been closed right. for this long period of time. So now I'm like, what, what, what's going on? What, what do I do? But um, luckily, I have some amazing friends that um, have personal gyms and studios that gave me the key and said, you know, come in and do what you got to do. And uh, since March, I've been rocking and rolling ever since. I love what you brought up there in terms of like for the first couple of days, you were depressed. And I think that's something that we don't talk about enough within this world is a lot of people will turn to drugs, alcohol, whatever yeah. it might be. Our vice is the gym or working out. It's kind of like our stress reliever. But yeah. mental, mental health within fitness and the struggle with body composition and body dysmorphia, like how real is it in this world? Have you seen it firsthand? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's sad because, you know, we've lost a few competitors I've seen yeah. um, because they didn't, you know, were able to train or whatever the reasons were. But it's, it's real, man. And it's real and – I think the worst part is that the outsiders looking in who don't go to the gym like us, right. they're like, well, you do it at home or you don't, you, know, you don't need the gym. Like, no, you have your go-to and we have our go-to. Yeah. And it's crazy that they think that, that people don't understand that going to the gym is, is healthy and mm-hmm. it's what's going to help fight the virus. Right. And so I don't get why gyms haven't been essential since day one. It is, makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you think about too, and I, again, I think it from a, from a therapeutic perspective. Like for me, it's you know, it's cheaper than a than a counselor or a psychiatrist is going and, and clanging and banging a little bit for me personally. Like, and I, I think it's the same for many of us. Um, what I think is absolutely beautiful about the sport of bodybuilding is. Let's be real. There's not money in this sport, really, unless you're like one of the top one, two, three, four guys. I mean, you guys are doing it for the love of the sport, like college football, right? Um, what got you? What was it that captured you, that hooked you into this world? I mean, you said the best right there. I'll kind of go off that. You said there's not much money in this body sport unless you're like one, two, three in the world. And I'll be real. Again, this is my full time job. But if bodybuilding shows ended tomorrow, I'd still be in the gym clanging and banging like day one. Right. Absolutely fell in love with this sport. Um, I, I kind of started, I guess you can say, in um, high school. Okay. I was a wrestler. You know, I was 103 pounds wrestling. <laughs> you know, weight room was part of a requirements for gym class. So we would just kind of go in there and play around with the weights and stuff. But I didn't really take it as serious. It wasn't until college when I really took it serious because I uh, went to Roddy University, which is a D1 program for wrestling. And the, the lightest weight class is 125. Mm. And I was only 110 pounds at the time. So the coach was telling me, like, listen, if you want a chance to start at the 125 class, you got to get bigger. Right. Um, so when my teammates were outside running to cut weight, 
I was actually in the gym in the cafeteria lifting and eating to put on weight. So yeah. I was the opposite. And in the midst of all the training and kind of getting into the groove, the gym and everything, it was an old school bodybuilder in the gym named Tom Garuba, um, which I wish today I can I can just thank him um, because he's the one that got me started on all this. He's like he's an old school bodybuilder. He's like, hey, you, you ever think about bodybuilding? You have a great physique. And I was like, you know, what's that? I don't know what that entails. Yeah. One thing I know about that is those little bikini briefs that these guys are wearing. Um, so he showed me all his videos, his um, his accolades, his awards, everything. And I kind of like was like, wow, that looks awesome. You know, I, I'd love to try that one day, you know. So he he actually prepared me for a show, which is a local show down, down in um, Central Jersey in 2005. He prepped me for three months. And I, I entered my first show just – just kind of just going in there and just to have fun. Yeah. And I literally the next day absolutely fell in love with the sport, let, fell in love with the whole process, getting on stage, meeting other competitors. But the whole process was amazing to me and I loved it. And I decided to quit wrestling right away and pursue bodybuilding, not knowing where it was going to take me. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't know anything about the IFBB, the NPC, the Mr. Olympia. I, I didn't know what a pro card was. Right. I just loved the whole process from start to finish seeing my body progress and change and, and get bigger and get leaner throughout that whole three month process. And that kind of just sucked me in. And as I grew more into the sport, learned learn more about the sport, I started understanding what the next level was. I mm -hmm. could possibly make this into a career, what the Olympia was, what the pro car meant. And um, that's kind of my, my journey. It's great. Cause you mentioned wrestling. And I think for people who've never wrestled before, um, it's one of the toughest sports ever first off, but it requires, I think more dedication than any other sport in terms of, of what you have to do to prepare. I wrestle as well. I have friends who wrestle, but I mean, you, some of these wrestlers put themselves through hell to, to make weight. So like that's already been, you know, written in your DNA and now you know how it is. Um, so college wrestling in the bodybuilding, do you ever miss your wrestling days? Oh yeah. I'm still about it. I'm still a wrestling fan. I, I still watch the NCAA championships to wrestling. I, you know, I can get back to my college and go to the wrestling room. I even go to the high school wrestling room where I wrestle and kind of hang out with the coaches and see the guys wrestling. I absolutely love it. Obviously, I can't do it anymore, but you know, just be around the atmosphere. Again, like I said, it's one of the toughest sports, man. Is see those guys go through it, and if you can make it through wrestling, you can make it through anything. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And cutting weight was it was it was deathly. I mean, I, I had to cut weight a couple of times in high school, and it was literally like, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we eating one egg a day and then when do we can't eat until like three o'clock after we weigh in and it's tough man people don't understand how tough wrestling is yeah you sit in the sauna the hot tub you try to sweat out that extra water weight and then the day of you you, you bulk back up after you step off that scale that that's yeah. for sure um you're in a you're in a division uh that i i fucking love i love i mean one of the nicest guys and, and you know him one of the nicest guys i've ever met in my life is flex lewis like he is um just a sweetheart of a person going up to be with the quote-unquote big boys. How do you think he's going to do this year? I personally have Flex in my top three. Beautiful. I think, I mean, we've seen Flex 230, 235, 240. He's rock hard, ready to go. And now that he doesn't have the stress of making the 212 class anymore, um, you can't count him out. You absolutely can't. He's, he's just got, I mean, if you bring into conditioning, um, that I think we were lacking a little bit in the open class because those guys have to worry about, you know, the weight cutoff. Um, he, he's definitely a guy you get to take serious. I mean, he's 
the greatest two twelve competitor of all time. I mean, like, in terms of how many how many sand, how many titles he's won. Um, when he left, I think a lot of you guys maybe were like, okay, maybe now was our opportunity since since the king has has moved on. But I mean, your field is still stacked, man. I mean, we we just saw the Tampa Pro, right? Uh, George the Bull took that home. The New York Pro now being moved to Tampa. I know the, the typical answer when I ask this question is when I say who's your biggest competitor, you can look at me and say it's myself. I understand that, but like externally, like when you're looking at the field, who are guys that stand out to you right now in that 212 class? I'll be completely 110% honest with you. When Flex Flex Lewis was on top, he was the king. And we've all tried to beat Flex and we've all failed. Yeah. He and my biggest contender. Period. When he left, like you said, I was sitting in the audience. We made the announcement he was, you know, retiring from 212. A light went off in my head, like, this is my time. Yep. And no disrespect to any of the 212 competitors, but I don't see anyone on Flex's level. No one's a Flex Lewis. No one scares me, like, you know, obviously the way Flex did because he was the king. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I, I don't see anyone as a threat. You know, obviously, I have much respect to Kamal. He's a great champion. Yep. But I believe he's beatable just like anyone else is, and I'm coming to beat him and everyone else. It's crazy the amount of, like, I mean, again, for people who maybe have never competed or don't understand, like, I mean, any little thing leading up to show day can really alter the way you look that morning, that, that evening. Um, what's the biggest, what's the most difficult thing for you, Sean, as you approach a big show? Uh, honestly, it's easier for me. And I'll, I'll explain why. Because most of my competitors are cutting down to make 212, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to decrease food, decrease water, not eat for a couple of hours. And by the time they weigh in and step on stage the next day, some of those guys don't have that opportunity to fill back out. All right. Whereas myself, I make weight in the off season. Mm-hmm. So I literally can cruise into weigh-ins fully rested, eating all my meals, getting all my liquid, my fluids in, no stress of making weight whatsoever. So I feel like I have that benefit. So honestly, that last week is like, it's, I'm excited to be honest. I'm not stressing anything. What's I mean, you make it sound easy, and I know it's not, and, and I know you know it's not easy either. So, like, even maybe not, not peak week, but leading up to it, where do you find yourself having the most difficulty? Or maybe, I don't know if it's lack of motivation or if it's eating, eating enough food. Like, what for you is the most difficult? I mean, it gets hard, man, especially, like, three, four weeks out. It gets tough where the calories are decreased, the cardio's increased. You're literally doing double session a day. You're, you're eating a meal, and you're, and you're and 10 minutes later, you're starving. Did you feel like the meal didn't do anything? Because it's literally burning right through you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just mentally gets hard. Like it's like you're just sitting there, you're a mummy, but you still have to get the job done. You still have to get to the gym and train just as hard as you ever train. You still have to get up and get those cardio sessions in. You gotta get those six meals in a day, even though all you want to do is sleep and just lay there. You can't. You right. gotta. You still got. And and that's what the toughest part is just, you know, moving around and getting to the gym and getting those sessions in. It, it gets tough. What do you look for or what do you seek for motivation? Is it music? Is it, uh, you know, the, some influential person? Is it yourself? It's, I honestly look at just being better than my, my last appearance. Um, I, don't seek, I don't seek motivation from outsiders. I don't seek motivation from looking at anything in particular. I just look at my last package that I brought to the stage and say, I have to be better than that. Mm-hmm. And I always told myself, I can't go backwards. Right. I'll explain that. Um, so all my Olympia appearances, this is my, these have been my placings. Yep. Um, I was 16th, I was 13th, I was 9th, I was 7th, I was 3rd. I can't do any worse than 3rd. Right. I have to continue to, con- to continue to get better and climb that ladder. Um, so that's always been my motivation, seeing myself, my past self, being have to be better than that. 
and obviously moving forward. You progressively got better every time, right? You just mentioned that. What yeah. was it? Was it something different between each show that you had to work on, or was it kind of the same sort of theme that you knew, like, hey, this is my weak spot here that I need to work on this, and then that eventually over the years got you to third. Um, honestly, we all have. A, I believe we all have weak, weak areas. Yeah. In particular, back, chest, calves. Um, those areas, obviously, I focus more on. But it, honestly, it's just showing up every single day and just doing what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to change what I'm what I've been doing. The way I train, the way I do my cardio, you know, the whole, whole nine yards. It's been working, right? So why why change anything? Right. Only thing I now is just put more focus into the weak areas, and then as you do that, things just progressively get better over the years. Does it change anything at all that they moved the event this year from September to December? Given that extra three months, I don't know if it means anything to to you or to the your fellow competitors, but it's an extra three months to train. I mean, it really is, and it and that could help or could hurt somebody, you know, if they if they lose motivation over that time. How about for yourself? Um, so I started prep. I started prep for the twenty twenty Olympia, thinking it was scheduled for September. Mm-hmm. So I was two then. Um, we were doing cardio. We were dieting hard. We were getting ready, and then obviously two weeks later, we find out it was being pushed till December. It just gave me more time to keep keep plugging away. I actually put on some more weight in that time frame. I actually got my weight up past 200 pounds where before I wasn't. Right. So having that extra time is you know allowed me to just train more, get a little bit bigger, continue to make improvements. And um, now that we started prep officially with three weeks in, man, things are rolling. My weight's staying pretty heavy. Um, so two weeks into the prep uh, for this year's Olympia, when I first started, my weight was somewhere around 190. Huh. So now. Three weeks in, my weight's at 196. So obviously the weight's holding on pretty pretty steady. We're, we're just kind of continuously growing into the show. What type of methodology is your coach employing for you in terms of your training set? I think a lot of people want to know, like, how do these bodybuilders train? Do they do the bro split? Do they do push-pull legs? I mean, what – or is it more um, – you know, is it – I guess I'm going to ask you, like, what does your coach employ in your training to get you ready for December? So I, my training coach is John Meadows. Yep. I've been working with John Meadows since 2015, and he's been handling my, my training ever since. So my training for me specifically is created just for me. Right. We talk we talk all the time. We look at videos, pictures. We see what areas need to be worked on, and we focus a plan based on that. So for me, John has me training my chest and my back twice per week. Got you. I mean, everything else is once per week. I mean, my legs are once per week. My shoulders one. We, we don't really do a shoulder day anymore. We found out my shoulders were too dominant and make my chest look smaller, so we kind of pull back a little bit. But again, it's just literally just you know chest and back twice per week. Just working those areas. John, uh, one of the wisest, nicest guys, obviously in the space. That's why. But what what led you to John? Like, was it did you learn about John through just the business, the industry? He's got a huge influence through his YouTube channel. I've talked to John many, many times. Um, but for you to look and find the right coach? What made John the right coach? Um, you know, first I just saw his videos and saw where he was through social media. And then I had the chance to actually meet him and talk to him and kind of pick his brain a little bit and, and, and seeing, you know, just kind of getting his, his input on my physique is like, I, I got, this is the guy I got to go with for my training. He's in all his training programs. They aren't cookie cutter mm-hmm. meaning just for me, but he's also done everything. So he knows that it works. Yeah. And I'll look at a program. I'll walk into the gym. I have the program set on my phone. I kind of like, ah, I don't really know. This is like, this doesn't seem like it's enough. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm so used to going to the gym and spending hours and hours on time. Where working with John now, those hours are, you know, they're cut pretty much in half. And they're the most intense sessions ever where I'm leaving like, well, shit, <laughs> I was wrong about that. That workout being, you know, not enough. Yeah. Uh, 
And it's and it, the best part about it is literally every single week, I don't know what to expect. He's always throwing new things like, hey, let's do this with this. So, you know, we'll do that. And next week, it'll be kind of the same, maybe the same thing, but we'll change the rep scheme or mm-hmm. we'll band to it or something. It's always different. Continues to keep the body guessing at all times. It's interesting because I just recently was working with Matt Jansen. Kind of the same thing, too. I look at it and I'm like, this doesn't seem like enough, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, okay. And I've never been so sore after sets because you're working so at such high intense levels. Um, John recently, obviously, you know, this, the world probably knows this suffered a minor medical or major medical, uh, thing. Um, when you found that out, what was the first thought that went through your head? Oh, I, I was actually in the gym and someone had texted me and I, 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 I think the first thing I did was text him or try to call him. And obviously I couldn't get through. Yeah. Um, yeah. T- so I texted his wife mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know what's going on? How are you doing? And she obviously got back to me and kind of gave me a, um, a heads up. And I just wanted to let, you know, I put it on social media. So the rest of you know people wondering what's going on with John, how he's been doing, just giving him an update, you know, and, you know, luckily he made it through. Things seem, seem to be doing a lot better now. Yeah. But John, he's a maniac, man. He's still in the gym. <laughs> it's insane. Still, but uh, again, that's somebody, that's a guy you look at and say that this is, this is in his blood. Yeah. This is who John Jones is. You know, so I respect him highly for that. I mean, you obviously, for me, my mind always thinks the worst for whatever reason. So I was like, shit, this is not good. Um, thankfully, you know, he's back on YouTube, plugging away, doing his thing. Strength isn't a slogan. You want to win this year? Yes, no! What time is it? Danger! What time is it? Danger! It's not an image you find on billboards or the big screen. It's never been about any of that. It's all around you, in everyday moments, just waiting to be unleashed. Strength is the knowledge that inside you lies anything you've ever wanted to be. The confidence that your failures never define you and the passion and purpose to drive beyond any limits placed upon you. When you call upon it, strength embraces you, challenges you, pulls you back up, no matter how many times you fall. It compels you to draw on courage, resilience, intensity, and hope, and expects your very best to help others find theirs. True strength demands you build more than muscle, not in pursuit of a personal best, but a better tomorrow for everyone. to where you want to be. 5%ers 
is 5% of the people in the world that are willing to do whatever it takes to reach their goals. We're talking about business, success, education, willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, it just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Bodybuilding is just, it's weird because people look at the sport and they look at you guys and they, they judge like crazy. And so, for instance, like Luke Sandow recently passed away, a lot of information around that. And we talked earlier about struggles with mental health or depression. Um, and, and again, I think it, some of it, I don't think it's just because of the sport. I think there is this body image, like there's this body dysmorphia that we have. We look in the mirror, sometimes we think we're not good enough, and it's not the most healthy thing in the world. I'll be the first to admit that. Um, but to, I, I know you have a lot of friends in the industry, and if anybody is struggling with mental health or depression, like what would you say to them? I mean, they, obviously they can come to you. I'm sure you'd be there to help them out any day of the week. But I don't think Luke's in the minority. I think there's maybe more so than we think. You know, honestly, I honestly believe people like, like when Luke passing, people are just instantly thought, "Oh, bodybuilding, bodybuilding, bodybuilding." Exactly. Like, humans, mm -hmm. we have life outside of this sport, and a lot of us are dealing with personal problems that have nothing to do with the gym, nothing to do with competing. We can be dealing with relationship stuff, um, job stuff, especially now with people losing their jobs and losing their family members due to the virus. Like that's what's making people, I think, for the most part, depressed and, and going into these whole, you know going the way they're going, it's not the bodybuilding, it's not the sport. Yeah, sure, people have passed away from, you know, certain things related to the sport, right. but yeah, it's not, you can't always blame the sport for it. Right. And people are going, you know, obviously friends are going through it, I'm going to try to be as much as I can, and I tell my friends, I, I tell people, check up on your friends, man, if you haven't heard from your friend in a week or two, just 
a quick text, like, hey, you know, what's going on? How you been? You know, if you need anything, let me know. Yeah. I, I have a very small circle of friends, so we, we keep in contact pretty much regularly, which is great. Um, but again, if you got to, you know, just try to be there for somebody, man. Yeah. Just just reach out. That's all you can really do. Just let them know that you're thinking about them. Talk about relationships in the sport, because I think when you first started, I'm sure you had people in your life that didn't understand what you were doing or why you were making that commitment or not. Maybe they looked at you like, oh, Sean's no longer fun to hang out with anymore because he's got to be this way. Um, and now you just mentioned your circle of friends is very small. So these are people who obviously understand, appreciate, support, motivate. Um, but paint a reality picture for people out there in terms of what's going to happen to your relationships if you decide to go this route. I, ha- I started in college, like I said, and I had a huge circle of friends. And now my circle of friends have come down to nothing. Yeah. And exactly what you just said. Um, my, f- I, I was so invested into the sport that, you know, I didn't go to the parties anymore. I didn't go. I didn't go hanging out. I didn't do the game nights. I was in the gym. I was doing my homework, and I was in bed. And all my friends kind of just started little by little, just kind of just pulling away from me, mm-hmm. calling me, not inviting me places. Like I'm not gonna invite you. You're not gonna come anyway. Or or if you're going to come, you're going to bring your own food. And that's we don't, we don't want you around. It, 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 unfortunately, it happened where I literally don't talk to any of my college friends anymore. Um, they've never been to a bodybuilding show. Even if I had a local show, they've never been. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really bother me sometimes. I think it does bother me when I see them all hanging out together because they're all still friends and they're all you know, going to events. But at the same time, I start. I look to myself like, well, I'm happy. Yeah. Like I'm living a dream. I'm living my life. Whereas maybe they are, maybe not. But I'm living my dream. I'm happy with the, the circle of friends I do have because they truly do believe and, and and respect and support me. Um. So I'm good with that. You know. But again, it, there. It's man. If friends or family don't understand it, man, just be prepared for for the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, even with family events, I don't really go to them as much because. When I go to a family event, it's like, hey, why aren't you eating? Or, or what are you eating? Why are you eating that? That looks disgusting. Like, I don't want to hear. Like, don't, so that, it, I, I'm better off just kind of staying at home. Right. Does it, so the family thing is always an interesting dynamic to me because, um, you know, you'd hope that your parents or close ones will obviously, like, support you and, and all that nature. But sometimes they don't understand. But, I mean, what do you say to them? Like, what, do you, what type of communication do you have with, with your relatives um, who maybe don't understand what you're doing? In the beginning, it was it was hard um, because again they didn't know what I was doing, why I was doing it, or what was the point point of it. <clears throat> and obviously, I'd explain to them, "Hey, I'm getting ready for a bodybuilding show, and this is what I have to eat. This is you know I can't eat this because of X, Y, Z." And now that I'm at the point where I've been doing this you know close to 16 years, my family they know now like this is my job, mm-hmm. so they don't really question as much. You'll get a few people say, "Hey, you're kind of you know again what you're eating, why are you know who don't really get it." But for the most part, my family understands, especially my mom at the, in the beginning. She tried to get me, you know, a mom's home cooking, home cooking. You don't turn that down. Yeah. You know? And I explained to her mom, I can't eat that because, of, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, but she gets it now 100%. So it just takes time, man. Just be prepared to explain things, kind of put them in perspective and, and kind of just let them know why you're doing certain things. And eventually they'll kind of get it and understand. I mean, your, your other family, uh, is, you're wearing the sweatshirt, Nutribio, um, one of my favorite brands, right? So and we're both wrapping them today. I did it on purpose, although it's not tight enough nearly for this podcast. But uh, you, and Eric, you and Eric go way back. Mark Glazer is a huge friend of mine. I love what they're all about. 
what brought you, I'm sure Eric had something to do with it, but I mean, in terms of the attractiveness of the Nutribio brand for you, because let's be real. I mean, I'm going to say this, and this is uh, no disrespect to anybody. Bodybuilders typically um, will probably chase the check, the sponsorship check before the quality of the supplements. I mean, they, it, when you, some of these companies out there, they make garbage stuff, but they pay enough to athletes that they're, you know, athletes need the money, need the income because you just mentioned you have to eat a certain way, you have a lifestyle to support. You went with a brand that I'm sure is probably not paying you as much as other brands would have because I, I, they just can't. They don't have the marketing budget, but they have some of the best quality supplements on the planet. What, why did you go to Nutribio? Well, one, the quality of products and, you know, I've been trying to, let me just explain, like, Nutribio has been a brand that I've been trying to work with since I was an amateur. Because again, I was living in Central, Central Jersey, and yeah. they literally from where I was, so I knew exactly who they were um, this whole time. And I was actually fan, uh, friends with Dan, Dan, Mar- you know, Dan from uh, Mar- Trials. Yep. And I'm like, Dan, you know, is there any way I can possibly, you know, become an athlete or ambassador? And it just wasn't time. You mm-hmm. know, they just weren't looking for athletes at the time. They weren't, you know, trying to bring on people. So I, I continued to stay in touch with Dan, and obviously, I sent Mark Glazier many messages. It's funny. Because I was actually talking to Mark about two weeks ago. He called me, talked about some stuff. He's like, you know, I was looking at my Facebook, and you sent me a message a couple years ago. Asking, <laughs> I'm like, I, I told you I was invested back then. Right. Like you said, Eric um, Schwartz has been a friend of mine for over 10 years now. We worked together with an old company together. Yep. Uh, I was an athlete of his back then. And uh, I continued to stay friends with Eric and, and just kind of supported him. He supported me as well. And then when he made the switch over to Nutribio, I was literally the first person he called. Because um, he obviously talked to the team there, told them, you know, maybe you got to bring us some new guys. And like mm-hmm. I said, he was the first guy he called. And it was a no-brainer because for three reasons. One, it, you know, obviously I'm friends with Eric. So anything Eric puts his name on, I'm going to trust. Um, two, it's Nutribio, a company that I've been trying to get with for God, 10, 10, over 10 years now um, because of the quality of products. And three, they're a Jersey brand. Yeah. And I'm a Jersey athlete. I literally have been to your headquarters, I don't know how many times already. You know, and unfortunately in the past, companies I've been with, I never really got the chance to kind of just meet the actual team, mm-hmm. be at the headquarters of the warehouse, see how things are done. Right. Whereas they brought me on and they showed me the entire process from shipping to manufacturing to how things work and meeting the entire team there. And I just felt like a family from day one. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I've been to Middlesex several times and been there, but they're one of the few manufacturer or one of the few companies that manufacture their own stuff. And let's be real, Dan, Dan. It wasn't timing with Dan Margulis. He just didn't want an athlete that was bigger than him back then. I get it, Dan. You, I get it. I know you're listening and watching. Uh, love Dan, but uh, what does Sean Clarius stack look like today in terms of your Nutribio supplements? I can show you my cabinet right now. It's just, <laughs> I got two two shelves worth Nutribio. No, but seriously, it's people ask me, do you really take all the products? Like. I literally take mm-hmm. only Nutribio products. And, you know, I, again, when you're with other companies, sometimes there's certain things they don't make. They make everything. Everything, yep. Literally make everything. Um, so right now, first thing in the morning, I'm taking um, the thermal fuel and the carnitine for cardio. As soon as I come home, I'm doing a small shake, which is the NAC powder with the vitamin C powder and glutamine, kind of getting that down. Yep. Uh, then, obviously, I take my milk thistle, my, my DIM, um, then my first meal, I do a whole bunch of stuff. D3, um, I'm doing the uh, omega-3 oil, omega-3 pills, doing – damn it, you got me looking. Like, well, I, take, I mean, I yeah, the, their, their portfolio of products is so damn long. I mean, they literally make a, a printed catalog, people, still their products. Training, around training it goes. Um, right now I'm doing this, the pre-stem free. I personally like this, the, the yep. non-catalog version because I just need for more of a focus and energy and pumps. I'm doing a scuba creatine. I'm doing a scoop of EAAs, which is essential amino acids to alpha EAAs. 
which and are amazing. Up, um, I'm doing an absorb cap with that. I don't know if you've taken the absorb. Yep, yep, it's great. Drive more nutrients into the to the body, and then obviously immediately during training do the Intraglass, which is mm-hmm. our EAA PCA formula. Absolutely love it. Sweet tea flavor. And then immediately after the workout, I'm doing um, isoprotein along with the supercarb. Yeah, supercarb is my favorite carb source, and uh, Alpha EAA is probably my favorite product on the market still to this day. Uh, absolutely love it. Um, so, I mean, here's what's great. As I ask you what your stack is, and you can actually literally walk me through, um, yeah. and sometimes when you ask people, like, it's not that important to them. They don't know. They just take it because they're told to. Like, you understand why you're taking it and what the purpose is, which is super refreshing. But again, Mark and Eric and Dan would never bring somebody on that doesn't want to do that. So that just goes a long way for, for you. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously being an athlete coming on board, I tried a little bit of everything just to see what I liked, what I didn't like the, the, as far as flavoring goes. Mm-hmm. Put together a stack, and what I like is what I get every single month. Yeah. You know? Again, but they have so many different uh, products, man. I just literally look like, when did we get this? When was this? You know, it's just crazy. So it's awesome. How excited are you to step on stage in December, this time not at the Orleans, but at Planet Hollywood? Like, it's, it's a totally different venue. It looks awesome. I think Dan Salomon and Jake Wood are, are doing everything they can to sort of revitalize the O. Um, there's a lot of excitement around it. Obviously, the gift, Phil Heath, making his return uh, this year, which is a lot of buzz around that. But, I mean, it's going to be fun. It should be a fun weekend in Vegas at a, at a totally different establishment with a different feel. It's crazy, man. I'm just excited to be a part of the whole, I guess you could say, new era of Olympia. New venue, new, new stage. The Zappos Theater looks crazy i've heard great things about that theater some of the top celebrities have performed there um and i'll get to be a part of it you know and it's going into the 2020 olympia and obviously feel coming back is it's going to draw a huge crowd as well um i just talked to him for a little bit the other day and he's excited i know that for sure yeah you know, it's i mean the olympia is the olympia it's the biggest show of the year this is our super bowl we're you know we're honored to be there i'm thankful to, to be there for my sixth time yeah uh, again going into olympia Having placed third last year, uh, I'm, at, I'm at an all-time high. Like I'm, I was. I told Matt, you know, Matt Jansen is my coach. Obviously, like, I'm ready to start prep now. Mm-hmm. But when we started prep early, he's like, "All right, let's start." You know, and we're we're changing rapidly throughout these these three weeks. He's like very happy with the way things are going. We're have to kind of slow things down because I'm I'm changing very quickly, and I think I'm just running on I'm at motivation. Like I'm up at 4:30 every morning doing cardio, just ready to go. Yeah. To train just as hard as I've ever been, and and um, I'm just excited to be back in Vegas again another year. Um, hopefully, God willing, we walk away this year with the title, and, and and hopefully, good things come from there. I mean, it's not that long, far out. We're four months, sixteen weeks, a little over sixteen weeks, right? I think from the actual a little bit longer, right before Christmas. Um, it, what? Who's going to be your biggest competitor? Do you think come December? Like, what, I mean, I know before you said nobody's on Flex's level. I completely agree, but. I mean, there are some impressive athletes, yourself included. Who do you have your eye on as the one, maybe two, two people who are like, they're, gonna, they're definitely going to push me and bring it? Uh, my target is only one guy, and that's Kamal, because he has a title. That's it. Yeah. No one else really, I'm always on my radar. No one else I'm thinking about. And even Kamal, I noticed, I, 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 my eyes are on him because he has a title. And he's a champ. But I don't pay attention to what he's doing or what he looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to what anyone looks like. I don't have time for that. And I've said that many times to many people. People say, oh, who's the guy you're looking at? It's like, I can't spend my time looking at him because me spending my time looking at him takes away from myself. Mm-hmm. And that's never going to happen. That's never been my style. Even as an amateur, people used to get mad at me when I, when I show up to a show. Like, why didn't you post about it? It's like, because that's not how I work. Right. I go 
them. I do my thing and I show up at the show and that's it. Obviously, everyone knows I'm getting ready for the Olympia. Um, but the one thing you don't see for me is progress pictures. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. You know, maybe once in a blue moon, Matt may ask me to post something or John and I'll say, okay, as long as it doesn't show too much. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not one to really talk much either. You know, I think yeah. talk, talking trash is showing that you're not confident. Um, so I just kind of just, and even when I train, you see how I train. I'm yeah. wearing a 3X shirt. You don't see anything. Mm-hmm. People question me all the time. Why do you wear th- such big clothes? <sighs> then I got to still explain. <laughs> it's, it's, it's because I'm comfortable. Yeah. Obviously, I like to move. I like to be able to freely move. If I'm in a tight shirt, I just can't move as freely. Yeah. Ooh, I'm keeping my body warm, which is key to not getting injured. And, and three, that's just kind of how I've always been. I've never been a guy to wear a tank top in the gym or sleeveless unless I'm filming or, or, or training arms. That's the only time you may see skin. But for the most part, it's a 3X t-shirt and some, and some, ba- and some and baggy sweats. Yeah. And you've probably heard it before from John, but like, don't do this compare and despair bullshit. I mean, John, John's huge on, that's what one of the best advices that he's given me is like, don't look at other people and compare yourself to them. You're, 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 your own self, right? Like, um, which is interesting what you said. Like, I mean, it's funny because like I talked to Jay Cutler probably once a week and one of his things too is like, you know, back in his day when him and Ronnie were going to, you had DVDs, you didn't have social media, right? So that's how they sort of like plug their brand. So back then they didn't cover up. They did show everything. It was like to kind of draw eyes to the sport. Um, and now I, to your point too, it, it seems like it's complete opposite, like yourself, um, even like Sean Roden always covers up and a lot of these guys are covering up or not posting stuff. That's not your style, but do you think by injecting more personality into say social media platforms, it could help the sport in terms of viewership? I agree. Like I've talked to Flex, well, Flex tells me all the time, take your shirt off, man, show some skin. And it's like, Ugh, I really don't like to Flex, you know, yeah. it's kind of not my thing, but I get it. We're in a day and age where social media is king. And that's kind of how we stay relevant and how we got new fans on board, how we get the fans excited about this sport. Um, but but I, I get that. But yep. when people ask me to talk junk about another competitor, it's not going to happen. That, 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 that's never going to happen for me. I'm not one to talk, like I said. Um, I've never been one to disrespect my competitors. Um, but again, like showing skin or, or for, for training footages, absolutely, I totally agree for sure. Again, I'll post once in a blue moon, you may... You people may get a sneak peek one of these days, or you know, I'm training arms or something. I may show you know a bicep shot, um, but it's more so just for the fans. Tell me what social media is going to say on December twentieth, twenty twenty, about the two twelve champion. What picture is going to be shown? <laughs> you see, look at me crying, <laughs> <laughs> or me with my family. Um, hopefully, my whole entire family, my girlfriend, my, my brothers, on stage with me celebrating that win next to Bob, who was announcing me as a champ. It's not, I mean, it's, it definitely can happen for sure. I mean, you've equally progressed every single year. I would, would you say you're in your, the prime of your career right now? Absolutely. I think after 35 is when things start to really click. That's when you get that muscle maturity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people, people keep saying, you know, Sean's maxed out. Sean's maxed out. Like, I'm not even close to maxing out. I know when I'm maxed out. Right. I know things don't feel right. Or if I don't feel good, or or if my I feel like my stomach's protruding more because I'm taking in more food, I'm nowhere close to maxed out. Mm-hmm. I know where I should be, um, and I think this is probably the best year I'm gonna have. Obviously, last year was probably the best year I've had. Period. Right. In my career, as far as the new size, the growth, and the conditioning goes, um, but we're gonna replicate that as far as you know, and come in a little bit bigger, five to ten pounds bigger, just as sharp as I've, I've always been. Bodybuilding is an old man sport, right? I mean, it's you get you progressively get better the older you get, and uh, 
you know, look at Dexter Jackson, for Christ's sakes. The dude doesn't age. It's his last year. Um, a lot of cool things coming in the Olympia this year. Uh, before we let you go, Sean, um, you know, I want to talk about the other shows that are out there, and specifically Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right, has, has this new show that he was going to do this year. COVID postponed it. They're going to do the Icon Classic next year. Were you involved in any conversations with that event um, prior to it getting pushed? I can't really say much about it, um, but I, it was brought to my attention. So, I mean, it's what I think about it. I mean, The Rock, obviously, whatever he touches turns to gold, it seems like. And he's got a great um, – he has an influence within the bodybuilding world. He's been involved with the Olympia before. I know he's still friends with Dan Solomon and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see the landscape of bodybuilding after we get through all this bullshit that's going on in the world. But I'm super yeah. excited for December. I know as, as you are. Um, what's the best advice or what the final takeaways in terms of like fellow competitors, male and female – out there like that you've learned or that's been given to you by maybe a mentor in the sport that you think about maybe daily, weekly, as you progress through your process to the Olympia stage. I, I said this many times and people who know me very well will tell you this is, would tell you if you ask them, they would tell you what I'd say. Time is everything. That is it. Everything takes time and, and, and things happen for a reason. If you would have asked me if I can go back 10 years and, and change anything about my process, I would say no, because everything I've done over the years has made me who I am today. Yeah. All the, the good and the bad, all the lessons I've learned from day one to, to now has, again, molded me to, to, to the, the man and the athlete that I am today. Um, so I don't regret anything in life, you know? But again, timing is absolutely everything. Um, guys, please, please, please don't rush the process. If you heard me earlier, I said, when I first started this journey, I didn't even know what a pro card was, let mm-hmm. alone the Miss Olympia contest. And I loved everything about the process itself. So stop and enjoy the process, seeing your body progress from day to day. Stop only focusing on the pro card. Yeah. You guys, if you guys are thinking you're going to get this pro card and instantly become famous, rich, this big time celebrity trainer, whatever you want to call yourself, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's less than 1% of the world are going to really make it to where it's their full-time career and be successful at it. Yeah. So if you, as an amateur, please take your time, enjoy the process, stay an amateur for a long time, grow your body, grow your physique, and then eventually start moving into the journey of maybe a national a national qualifier or, or junior national show, and then maybe a pro card. But just don't rush it. Enjoy the process. You're young once. Um, that's it. I mean, I, I wish I started younger than I did. I started at 23 years old. I wish I started as a teenager because I would have loved to have done the teenage nationals. Yeah. Having no, having known what I know now, man, I would have did this at 16, 17. That would have gave me more stage time. That's right. how much I enjoy the sport and the process. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So. <laughs> You're here. You have a, probably one of the best teams. If uh, you know, sitting here just thinking about the people that are involved in the process with you, amazing people, great. Supplement company in Nutribi. I wish you nothing but the best come December. I think you're going to kill it. I'll be there. So I'm excited to watch you step on stage. And then uh, I'll say, I, I hope you walk off with that, with your hand raised up, crying with your family because you finally got that grand prize, my friend. Thank you, my man. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm hoping, obviously, we can do this again right after the Olympia, after the win. Have it. You know, what I really found interesting about this conversation is, you know, Sean mentions, and he's completely honest, which I mean, fuck it, man. I love it. I love honesty, right? But Sean mentions, like, he didn't see anybody on the level of Flex Lewis. So after he left, he's like, hey, this is my chance. That's respect right there. That is a level of respect shown to the greatest 212 competitor ever in Flex Lewis. I'm excited to be in Vegas in December. 
assuming COVID doesn't have other plans for us. I'm excited to be there to cover the show, to cover the event. Not sure if the expo is going to happen, but we will definitely uh, stand by and see. Appreciate you guys tuning in. You can also subscribe to this podcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify. Watch via YouTube. Help us out. Write us a review. Help us out the algorithm. Uh, if you like what you heard here, obviously tell a friend about it as well. Fitnessinformant.com for all your breaking supplement news, rankings, reviews, and more. Uh, until next time, y'all, hang loose, behave, and let's fucking go.